Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So Isaiah 54, I'm reading from like a modern translation of the Bible, but this is what the Bible says. Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Father, as we come around your word, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you will speak louder than me in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that, 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 that people will just uh, find themselves not just leaving with information, something that's impacted their intellect. But Father, they will leave something uh, with something that has changed their heart, changed their perspective. I want to believe that somebody's going to leave uh, with, with, with something today that it's going to be an absolute game changer in regard to their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So title of today is Think Big. And um, I was really reflecting on how to approach this um, because uh, I don't want to just come uh, with something that talks a big game. You know, it's very easy sometimes just to amp things up, talk big, but, but then there's this reality that, that it's like we've had a good moment. So I, wa- I wanted, I was believing for something more than just a good moment. So today, essentially, we're looking at faith and we're looking at how we think because both those things are linked. Obviously, in this scripture, in the message version, it actually encourages us and, 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 and talks about um, clearing lots of room, making your tents large, spread out, think big. It means that the way you think is going to impact this moment. The way you think is going to impact what you do. So I, I want to I talk about some things to help us in our journey of faith because faith is not really, really believing hard for something to happen. I think, I think that sometimes we as Christians, we think that. I just need to believe. Like the more I do that, the more likely it is to take place. And, and, and I want to address some of that because I really don't think that that's what it is about. I think that we, if we don't seek to think big, we ultimately insult God. Because God is an extraordinary, magnificent God. And, and, and he, he does not want us to just live in the realm of the doable. 
stuff we can do. He, he, there is things that we can do, but there are things that only God can do. And He wants us to believe for those things too. He wants us to do what we can do, but He wants us to believe for those things that only God can do. God wants us to believe for great things. He wants us, he wants us to pray some prayers that are kind of beyond God give me a parking space near the supermarket entrance. You know, it's, it's, it's like, I think there are bigger prayers we can, bigger prayers we can pray than that. You know, because, you know, sometimes God's not going to answer that prayer because the best thing for your life is not a parking space near the supermarket entrance. It'll make you park far away because the walk, you need the walk. Anyway, I'll get, I'll get out of that quickly. I don't want to hang around there. I find it interesting that Jesus uh, often rebuked the disciples for their lack of faith because faith is important. We can't get away from it. As we walk with God, faith is important. The Bible tells us that without it, it's impossible to please God, like impossible to please God. We need, we need to be people who walk in faith. And, and the scripture that we've just read from Isaiah is, is actually essentially talking about letting bigness into our lives. So it's not just about it's not just about talking about bigness. It's not just about talking a good game. It's not just about talking about possibilities. I use the illustration quite often, you know, it's because it's, God has not called us to live our lives just reading the menu. You know, getting excited about what we could have. What are the possibilities? But we never order. We never enjoy. We just sit around and talk about the possibilities of what could be. We read the descriptions, we, we look at the, the presentation, but then that, we, we never actually participate. And I think some of us live our Christian life like that. We, we talk about the possibilities in God, we get excited about what the possibilities are, but we never actually enjoy what God uh, wants to make available to us. So we, we need to allow some things, we need to allow change into our life. Things, things can't, change and stay the same all at the same time. A lot of us say that we want change, but then we also want things to stay the same. And, and, and they can't. If we, if we want change, then things are going to have to, they're going to have to change. And God, clearly in the, the stretching and the pulling of a tent, He wants, he wants us to maximise where we are. This, it's, the, the, there, is, there is this tent that He's, he's saying, look, you, you, you've, you've You've pitched your tent, you've got your plot of land, but I'm wanting you with what you've got where you are to maximise that. So that I'm, 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 I'm talking about lengthening the, the ropes you already have. I'm talking about stretching the tent curtains you already have. I'm, I'm talking about, it, it, it's, it's just a little increase, but it's an important increase. So, the Bible encourages us there, as we read, that, 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 that God, wants us, God wants us to think big. And, and it, it got me thinking about the way we think because the way we think so powerfully impacts our, our lives. And um, I, I, it, it got me thinking about algorithms. Say what? <laughs> uh, algorithms, and I, I actually heard a report on it. And let me say it like this. It's, it's, 
if, you, if you're into social media, if you search for things on the internet, if you've ever shopped on Amazon, algorithms are used to help formulate your future choices based on your past choices. That's why when you go on Amazon, they will often say to you, uh, still interested in these items? Items similar to items that you've already looked at? Because they're trying to, they're trying to influence your choices, not because they're looking out for you, not because they love you, they want your money. That's why they're being so helpful. Uh, you know, it's uh, so... The, 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 the algorithms are there. They, they, they are in what we search for. That, then, then those are the things that, that influence the adverts that come up uh, as we surf the internet. That, that, is, that is all there. So when it comes to you using your phone or your computer, in one, re, in one sense, your past determines your future. Your past influences your future. And I, I was thinking about the fact that, that in some ways this mimics our mind, that our, our past experiences can influence our future. There are algorithms from my past choices, the past things I've done that seek to influence my future. Uh, some years ago, uh, Linda and I, we, we uh, uh, Linda's my wife. Uh, yes, thank you. And... Um, she, uh, we, we, we decided to go on this bit of a health kick. And uh, we, we uh, years and years ago, um, some of you in the room might remember, there's this whole thing to do with this um, cabbage soup diet. Trust me, it is as vile as it sounds. It's one of these things like where, you know, you're supposed to burn more calories eating it than than you are, uh, but than, than, than you've actually consumed. So we made some of this, uh, you know, the, the salad, celery and cabbage and you know what I mean? It was, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, we, we made one, someone one night and you know, it's like where, you, where, you, where you're going, mm, mm, mm. really you're thinking it's vile, but you're trying to talk yourself into the fact that this might be okay. But anyway, I took some with me for my lunch the next stage filled a little container, you know, like when you when you're feeling when you're filling a container with cabbage soup, you're feeling healthy already. I mean, you haven't you haven't had any, but just the fact that you you're turning up with your cabbage soup and your container, it's like, oh, what's that? Oh, nothing. This it's nothing. It's uh, just a little something. I'm just having a cleanse, <laughs> a cleanse, That's, and um, so. I, uh, I, I, yeah, so I was, I came to lunchtime, I tasted this thing. It doesn't taste like last night, you know, it's like, but like, you know, well, hey, it's doing me good, man, it's doing my good. So I kept sipping, I thought, this is vile, this is absolutely, you know, it's, it was like just awful. And anyway, I forced it down, I forced it down. Anyway, I got home. I got home and I said, hey, did, did, you have a, did you have that cabbage soup today? Uh, uh, and Lynette went, oh no, it was off. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, uh, no, no, don't tell me that. I forced it down my neck. It was vile. I, 
I, I want you to know, you could pay me money. I ain't never having cabbage soup. That, that experience has scarred me for the rest of my life. And of course, some of you, you might not have had a cabbage soup moment. You might have had something else that is similar or actually a lot more serious than a cabbage soup moment that has caused you pain and, and, and influences your decisions because once bitten, twice shy. And, and, and that got me thinking. So in, of course, if you like, that is what you might call a negative algorithm. It's something that I've experienced that I'm saying, you know what, I am never doing that again. But then it, it's not, it doesn't have to be negative. They, 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 it can, what can work against you can actually work for you. And I was, I was thinking about the fact that we need the, we need, we need God to help us in that He gives us the kind of algorithms that are going to help us with our future. We need the Word of God and prayer to produce new algorithms that override our inbuilt ones. So what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says, does it not, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So what that basically means is that I've, my mind is filled with searches that have produced certain results. Now, what, what, what having my mind renewed means that these old algorithms are being replaced with new algorithms that God gives me. And those new ones, just as the old ones can influence my choices, the new ones can influence my choices. So the Bible says this, I'm reading again from a modern uh, translation of the Bible. Ephesians 3.20 says this, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. I mean, don't you just love this? He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energises you. Now, I don't know about you, but the way my mind works, I need that algorithm. I need that algorithm to influence my future choices because I've got some stuff running through my mind that might try and take me down the wrong, wrong track, but this stuff will take me down the right track. First John chapter five says, since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before Him. For if we present any request agreeable to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the requests we ask of Him. What's that saying? It's saying, when I come and I, don't, I believe that my prayers are bouncing off the wall, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, that it doesn't feel like God is listening, it doesn't feel like God is hearing, I've got this algorithm to come in and say, no, this is not about what it feels like. You, we can have this confidence that if we ask According, in agreement with God's will, He hears us and He's going to answer us. Matthew 19, speaks, speaking about the disciples, it says, Stunned and bewildered, His disciples asked then, who in the world can possibly be saved? 
Looking straight into their eyes, Jesus replied, humanly speaking, no one, because no one can save themselves. But what seems impossible to you is never impossible to God. That's a great algorithm. What seems impossible to you is never impossible to God. And Romans 8.28 says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives Every detail is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. There's a, there's a plan to bring good into your life. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purposes. So as I feed, as I bring up these these thoughts in my search, these, and, 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 and they, they get into my system. These are things that are going to influence my future choices. So that when I face challenges, when I face challenging circumstances, these are the things that come up in my search. What do I do? It's not, it's not just about phone a friend. And there's nothing wrong with phoning a friend, but sometimes I need something more than phone a friend. I need, I need something from God. If you don't like what is coming up in your feed, change what you're searching for. Because that stuff is only coming your way because of what you're looking for. What are you seeking? Because, because what comes up in the feed is, is essentially what you are seeking. If you don't like it, change, change the search. The tent is that we saw last week. Um, we, we had that great presentation and uh, some of, as I know, we're trying to work it out, but it was a, it was a great picture of, of those cords being lengthened and the stretching. But then uh, when it talks about the growing family, others came and joined. Once, once there'd been the stretching and the establishing of that tent, others came and the family, the family grew multiplied times even on the screen. But that, that tent is designed also to help us understand what God is saying to us in regard to our faith. There, there was stretching and there was pulling and, and there was widening and there was growth. And, 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 and the thing about stretching is you just, take, you just take a little bit of ground. You just take a little bit of ground. You take a, a little bit of, of ground. And, and it's, just, it's just incremental. It's a little bit, but it's an important little bit. There came a time some years ago, just over 10 years ago now, well, actually just over 15 now, where Lynette and I, felt guided by God to sell everything and move to Africa, which we did. But we were only able to make that decision because of the tiny decisions that we'd made over the years. We were able to believe God to move country because we believed God to move house. And God, if God wants you, I believe that God, God takes us on a journey of faith he helps us incrementally, just stretching a little bit, just stretching a little bit to grow in our faith so that gradually, slowly, surely, but certainly we can, we can begin to embrace the bigger and greater 
plan. God is not gonna ask us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. So you learn, you learn to walk in faith. There's a learn, just like you learn to walk. You learn to walk in faith. We learn to cross the road before we cross the country. We might have a dream to pick up the 20 kilogram rate weight, but we do that by practicing with the two kilogram weight. It's, it's with the two kilogram weight that I build the muscle that will help me graduate to the next level, to the next level, until eventually I can pick up the 20 kg weight. Leaps of fantasy will lead to a fall. But leaps of faith spring from platforms of prophetic insight, preparation and peace. I'm going to say it again. Leaps of fantasy will lead to a fall, but leaps of faith spring from platforms of prophetic insight, preparation and peace. They are, they are ingredients. The problem is that the faith is so often talked about in church, but not everything that describes itself as faith is faith. I'm going to come and talk to these guys because these are, they're just staring at me, but I feel there's an anointing over here, right here. I feel like this is where the Lord is working. But not everything that describes itself as faith is faith. And I'm saying that particularly in church because there are all kinds of interpretations of what faith, of what faith is. Not so much here, but when we were back in South Africa, this happened more times than I would ever care to say. Someone would come to me on a Sunday and they would say, Pastor, please pray for me. I resigned my job on Friday, last Friday. I'm starting a business tomorrow. Hey, <laughs> I mean, wow. Pray, yes, you need prayer. I mean, why? You know, have you, how are you going to live? Oh, the Lord's got me. Well, well, listen, that's not faith. That's ridiculous. You know, God, God, is, God gives us sense, you know, keep, keep on to your job. Keep hold of your job to keep you alive and build up your business slowly until you can then allow the business to take over your work. But, but they have taken a leap of fantasy, not a leap of faith. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen people fall over on, on, on that and, and unnecessarily so. And then they get hurt and confused because the truth is God may have spoken to them about their business. But then because they outworked it in an incorrect way, they've ended up disappointed because they've, they've gone ahead of God. I remember uh, one couple who uh, they were getting uh, married uh, on a, a, a shoestring budget and, uh, and they uh, decided that they were going to trust God for the reception. So they, had, they invited loads of people to the reception, but they didn't buy any food. They were just trusting the Lord that God would provide. They didn't know how he was going to do it. Well, I'll tell you how he did it. 
The guests were so embarrassed that they were turning up at a reception with no food that they went out and bought food from Sainsbury's and Tesco and all that and they brought it in. And these people then, God bless them, had the audacity to stand in and, and give their speech and thank God for how God had provided for them. I want you to know that's not faith. That's presumption. That is, that is putting people in a position of awkwardness and, and, and they, they, were, they were presuming upon the kindness of those around them. And, and that is, faith does not work in that way. Then you've got what I call the gas bill, the gas bill prayers. You know, where in the prayer meeting where someone is saying, oh God, I know Lord, Lord, you know that I've got this bill, Lord God. I know you're a provider and I've got this bill, Lord, of 105 pounds, 46 pence, Lord. And I know, Lord, that you can, you can, you can do something, Lord. I know, Lord, I know there's nothing impossible for you because you're a God who can provide. And That's not faith either. That prayer is to be prayed in private. Because prayed in that context, it's manipulation. It's not faith. And God, God does not want us to live through a process of manipulation. Why? Because He wants you to know, to know that He is a provider. Not that you have wangled, manipulated, connived your way into a provision. He wants you to understand. He wants you to stand back from stuff and say, I could never have done that. Only God could have done that. It's when I have that kind of experience that faith is built into my heart and life. Faith, faith is is faith when it turns to God through prayer and reliance on the, on the Scripture. It's, 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 it's a decision where I can, I can walk into the challenges. It's a bit like when you're learning to swim. One of the, as part of the process of learning to swim, they teach you to float. They get you on your, you lay on your back and they teach you to float so that the water supports you. But if you're tense, you're never going to float. Tension comes through fear. Fear you're going to sink. Fear you're going to die if you sink. But, but, but God wants us, God does not want us to live with that kind of fear, that kind of tension. That is something that needs to be overcome because that fear and that tension is very powerful because even if Jesus is on the water and you're in the midst of a miracle, and you allow tension and fear in, you will sink. I mean, even if Jesus is on the water, even if you're in the midst of a miracle and you allow tension and fear, you will sink. God does not want us to live in that place with our circumstances. He needs us to put the right experiences, the right faith algorithms into our experience so that they will help form my future. So when I come out the other side of a battle, that is logged in. That, that, is, that experience is logged in so that when I come into a storm over here, then I will remember the way God helped me when I was over there. 
and the, and the experiences. Although this storm is not that storm, it's the same God who helped me there who's gonna help me here. That builds the muscle of faith in this storm. And then when I survive this storm, as I will, and when I come out the other side of it, as I will, because God is faithful and God is with me and God is for me, then when I get to the next situation, I will look back and know, hey, the God who helped me there is the same God who will help me now. I don't need to have all the answers. I can just, I can just lay back and float with the kind of confidence that can only come to someone who knows, knows God and loves Him and trusts Him that He's gonna come through this and come out the other side. Come on, if you believe it, you can say, Amen. It's about God, God, changing the way that I think. It's learning, learning to trust in, in circumstances that, that maybe uh, would, would ordinarily in the natural be overwhelming. Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Him. That God, God wants to transform our thinking into an I can form of thinking. I can do all things through Him, through Him who gives me strength. It's not about my own strength. It's about His strength. Through Him, I can do all things. I can do all things through Him. Another way of putting it, who causes me to master all things. He will give me, He will give me the ability. That's why, that's why I wanted this to come today. And it would have been just the easiest thing in the world to, to come and, and, and bounce something around the platform and go, think big, ah, think big. God is good, yeah, God is good. You know, it's like, you know, it's like we could, we could really rah, 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 rah way, our way through and we would have all maybe had a great time, but they don't, that, those moments don't necessarily give you the building blocks for your life. The building blocks for you, the building blocks for your marriage, the building blocks for your family, the building blocks for your work, the building blocks for some of the challenges that you are facing because there are some principles that help us to think in the right way. There are principles that help us think big. God said through Isaiah that you have to do some practical things. You've got to do some practical things. Preparation, stretch your tent curtains wide, lengthen your cords. Now, as we've already said, this does not feel like it is enough to influence me touching the nation or impacting a city. We're just talking about tiny, little, incremental steps that seem not to be enough. God, we, we need to talk about cities. God, we need to talk about the country. There's something huge. And yet you're talking about just stretching where I am. You're talking about a little incremental growth where I am. That's because God takes the little things. There are things that we don't get, things that we don't understand, but we've just got to come with a little bit and then God does the miracle. That's why I come, I come. God, there are things that God will ask me to do because He's not gonna do it. God told them, Jesus said, fetch water. So they fetched water, 
because he had a plan to do something with the water, but he wasn't gonna give them the water. There are some things they need to do. There are some things that we do need to sweat over. Get our sleeves rolled up. If you've ever carried water, it's not easy. It's heavy, it's hard work. It's not pleasurable. But they had to do their bit in order for God to do His. There's, 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 there's something I believe about this season that we're in, in that we are doing what God has asked us to do. We're in a bit of a carrying water season. It's hard work. We're sweating. It's not always easy and it's not always pleasant. But if we keep doing what God has asked us to do, there's gonna come a moment where He's gonna take our water and He's gonna turn it into wine. He's gonna take our few fish and He's gonna take our few loaves and He's gonna feed thousands. And we'll think, well, how can, that, how can that little bit make such a big difference? How can me stretching my tent just that little bit influence a city or a nation? Well, that's the bit where only God can do it. God will use your obedience in the most unlikely ways to build faith. So I wanted to give you something to take away. I've got 10 points. I've got 10 points that I wanna give you to help you in this walk of faith, to practically something you can take away in your back pocket, as it were, to, to outwork this journey of faith and thinking big in your own, in your own life. And, and, and the first point isn't that much filled, it's not greatly filled with revelation and you might not think it's that sexy. Because the reality is this, if we are gonna be men and women of faith and we are gonna be able to think big in the way God wants us to, we need to be people who pray and read the Word. I know you might want something a bit more exciting than that. I know you might want something a bit more modern than that. But there are some things that we're never, ever going to be able to get away with. We can have big screens. We can have lights. We can have haze machines. We can have whatever. These spiritual principles are essential. And the way we influence our lives is by abiding by these spiritual principles. Pray and read the Word. Change here is brought about supernaturally. This is not just about effort and trying harder. As I pray and I, I read the Word and think about it and meditate upon it, God uses it to help me to start thinking in the right way. See, when I come, when I come to Jesus, I've got a whole lot of history, a whole lot of way that I've, I've been taught to think, a whole lot of way I've, I've taught myself to think. I've got a whole lot of algorithms working against me, seeking to influence my future choices. But God is looking to give me something new. He's trying to reform my thinking, reform my mind so that, so that the fu my future choices won't take me down. They'll take me forward into the things that God has. Secondly, if you wanna be a man, a woman of faith and you wanna think big, you've got to understand that we have to stop thinking some things. We've got to stop thinking some things. Second Corinthians 10 says, the weapons we fight with 
are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. And we take captive every thought. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm, I'm not letting myself think in that way. I'm not, I'm not letting myself think that way. Because that, the way that I'm thinking there is not taking me forward, it's taking me down. So I, I have to take that thought captive. It didn't happen tonight, but it happened this morning. As I was preparing to come on the platform, I was stood down there as I do. I was praying, I was worshipping, I was getting uh, myself in, in, in the, the right place to come and share with you. I'm like, I'm like an athlete on, 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 the, on the blocks, you know, just getting, just getting ready to go. And I caught myself thinking something. Have you ever caught yourself thinking something you think, why am I thinking that? Where's that come from? But I caught myself and I was getting my, I was getting agitated about a situation. This is before I'm coming up to preach. And I caught myself thinking this. And, and I thought, no, Malcolm, no. Because what the impact it was having on me meant that I was, I was not going to come up here in the frame of mind that I needed to come up to give you the best. And, and, and of course, that, that, was, that was not just me because we have an enemy. If an enemy can get to me and mess up what I'm thinking, he can mess up what I'm delivering to you. And therefore, he messes up everything. So I was, I, I said, no. And I, and I dealt, I dealt with that thought. I took it captive and said, I am not allowing myself to think in that way. And when I came up here, I was free of that agitation. But that's something that we have to learn. Sometimes our minds will take us places where we don't want to go. And we have to take those thoughts captive. So we have to stop thinking some things. Thirdly, we've got to start thinking some things. It's not just about stopping thinking. Some of us need to start thinking. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to you. You need to start thinking. Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. I tell you, that, that is homework right there. That is homework right there. If we could, with the help of God, through the Holy Spirit, get to a place where we are always thinking about things in the best way. Some of us in this room who are battling with depression. Some of us in this room who are battling with anxiety. Some of us in this room who are dealing with mental health issues, I want you to know that this is, this is very, very powerful medication that I'm talking about here. It's, 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 uh, it's introducing a new thought. It's introducing 
a new algorithm. I am where I am because of the thoughts I've already been thinking. I am where I am because I've had algorithms that have, have saying this is the way you need to think because this is the way, this is what life has taught you. But God is saying, no, you need to start thinking in another way. You need to retrain yourself to think in a better way than you have because because when you do, that, 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 that is when healing and wholeness and peace will begin to flood your heart. Fourthly, and practically, if you want to be someone of faith and if you want to be someone who thinks big, get in the company of someone who thinks big. Get in the company of someone who has, who has lived out and worked out faith. Because some things are, are caught, they're not taught. Get around people who've done some stuff. I'm not talking about getting around people who talk about it. Get around some people who've done it, who've lived it, who've believed. You know, if you, if you, you some of us, we miss so many opportunities. The, one of the most wonderful, incredible things about being in the house of God is that we've just got an absolute a vault of people who have with gift and talent and ability and, and we've got access to people that we would never usually have access to because our, lives, our life would never encounter those people ordinarily. But in the house of God, we, we can engage with people who, in, in, whether it's in business or whether it's being a mother or whether it's being a father or whether it's being the parent of a teenager or whether you, we, there are access to resource and experience where God has broken in. If you, want, if you want to be generous, hang out with somebody who is a generous person because some things are caught, not taught. Fifthly, get away from negative influences that hold you back, pull you back, or seek to keep you in the same place. Get away from the you can't brigade. You'll never You'll never do that. Get around people who are going to encourage you, who are going to believe in you, who are going to spur you on. Not when you try and step out and they're, and, and they're the kind of person who, who are going to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing that for? What are you talking like that for? Don't try to be something that you're not. What are you doing? It's like, you know, what? I'm, I'm, I, I, oh, what? And, and when the, and sometimes that's all of us, some of us need to hear to go back into ourselves. Yeah, right. What am I doing? You know, that's not me. That's not me. Why am I doing that? Why? I, who am I to think that I could change anything? Who am I to think? You see, the devil is a liar. What you, what you, what you need to do is get, you need to get, uh, get around some people who's going, oh my gosh, you know what? You're talking different. I love that. I love that. Come on. Reminds me of me when I was, when I was stepping out. You, you need to get around those kind of influences. Not the kind of people who are trying to keep you as you are. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Who do you think you are? Sixthly, big thinkers are big enough to seek and take godly counsel. Oh my gosh. We have got so many beautiful, wonderful Christian people who seek godly counsel but never take it. I see what you're saying. I'm going to go and do my own thing. It, it, 
We need, we need people, if you're going to think big, you need to learn. We need to be humble enough, show some humility and learn. Proverbs 12 verse 15 says, the, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15 Verse 22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So that, when I'm talking about my man coming to talk to me that he's resigned his job on Friday and he's starting his business on Monday, it's like, well, who have you talked to? Jesus. Well, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure, bro, it was Jesus you were talking to. I don't, there are, there are business people in this church. There are people who started businesses. There are people who have walked the path that you're about to walk. Who have you sought out to ask advice, to, to say, what was it like for you? What did you believe for? What, what are some of the pitfalls? What, what are the things I should watch out for? Oh, no, I don't want to listen to anybody else. I just want to listen to the Lord. Okay, bro, see you. Okay. <laughs> Seventhly. What I say is influenced by what I think, but what I think is also influenced by what I say. You need to hear yourself say the right things. And you can start by confessing the Word of God. That's how I change some of this that's going on in here. I can't, I wish, and, and, and listen, I am still on a journey. I am still on a journey. But this is a path I've had to walk. I've had to walk this path, not just once, but over and over and over again. And then I walk it and then I have to rewalk it because, because my brain, my brain will take me to places that, that, that it shouldn't. And I need, I need God. I need God to help me to think in the right way, to think big so that I don't find myself overwhelmed by stuff that's happened in the past because those, those algorithms, you know, it's not, it's not, I'm not even just talking about before I met Jesus. I'm talking about since I met Jesus. The stuff that didn't quite work out. People uh, treated me in a way I didn't expect. And you, and, and you, can, you can assume or those, those things can try and influence the future. Eighthly, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. At the end of the day, if you want to think big and you want to be someone of faith, you've got to, you've got to trust in God. And you, you cannot rely on your own understanding because it will so often lead you astray because God's asking you to stretch your tent. He's asking you to lengthen your cords and yet you're believing. You've got a prophetic word for cities and you've got a prophetic word for the nation and it's not happening quick enough and it's not happening with the way you want it. And why are we faffing around, stretching here when I, I need something more than this? We misunderstand God. I can't lean on my own understanding. Ninthly, big journeys of faith are most often the culmination of many smaller steps of faith. If I'm gonna be a big thinker, if I'm gonna be a big man, a big woman of faith, I've gotta learn to take baby steps of faith. Just baby steps. Just baby steps, just a little bit of ground, just a little bit of ground, just a little step. Some of us, we fail to make the little steps because we want to take strides of faith. I want to be here. I've got a prophetic word. 
I've got something highlighted in my Bible that says I'm going to be here. But meanwhile, I'm here. And there seems such a long way away. But God just wants us. If we think, well, what good is that? What good is that? I need to be there. I want to be there now. What's good is this tiny step. But if I just keep going, I just stay one little step after another. I may not always get there as quick as I would like, but I will get there as quick as I need to. Because God will make sure that I get there. Tenthly, I've got to finish. Understand that the journey of faith has many tests. And whilst you may progress to the next level, you never qualify. It doesn't matter how long you've been on the road. It doesn't matter how many times you've proved God. There's always another level. There's always another test. There's always another step where God is going to demand something of you. And I'll finish with, with this thought because I believe it's so key in all our big thinking and in all our journeys of faith. So often we say, well, how do I know it's, how do I know it's God and not just me? Too many of us look for the right circumstances. Too many of us look to see how far we can see down the road. Too many of us look to make sure that things look like they're going to work. But Colossians 3 verse 15 says, Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One. Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One. Because that is a peace that transcends understanding. It goes beyond circumstances. It means that the presence of peace is, is all the assurance I need. The, the, the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And as I walk in that peace, the circumstances will change because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.